I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. We're here. Good morning. Yay. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Very good. How about you? Oh, I'm good. Um, uh, yeah, I have to say I'm good. I have and the a, general? A very, yeah, uh, the general's fine. He's okay. doing good. Um, right. I so had you have a talk about that because in a few minutes I, I want to get into and after we have our little um, uh, whatever we call this part where we chat about what's going on in our worlds but there's an article that I wanted to talk about because it's the answer to the question when you ask how are you doing and most people say fine great okay there's there's no real word to describe how a lot of us are feeling it's not good, great, or fine, but it's not bad. So we'll get into that in a minute, but it just occurred to me when I, when I asked you the question and, and you asked me the same, uh, it, it, the answer is I'm doing fine, but not really. <laughs> and, and you'll hear what I mean in a minute. I don't like okay. to hold everybody in suspense, but two shout outs I want to get before I get into other things and one is to um, a woman Susan Breeze who has been listening to us for quite some time and she is um, the only woman that I've ever met who is a, a licensed carpenter and she does do a lot of work on uh, bridges and and things like that so she's she's an amazing woman from that perspective but she's been listening to us for years, and I just wanted to say thank you. And then there's thank a woman you, that Susan. you know. Yes, a woman that you know, um, Lorraine Maloney O'Hanley, who also um, I spoke to during the course of the week. And she sends her regards to all of us. And she's been a listener for quite some time. Uh, a lot of people would probably know her from the library. Uh, that's where she's worked for so long. So shout out to both of them, and thank you so much for listening. 
really yes, appreciate it. Yes, and Laureen, as, as you know, I know she told you that I'm the blonde Laureen and she's the dark-haired uh, Laureen because when I met her, I was working at the Scranton Cultural Center and she's, she's a doll. And she introduced herself and I said, I'm L-A-U-R-E-E-N. And she said, yes. I said, that's my real name too. And she said, it is? And I said, yes. So when she sees me, she always says Laureen as, yeah. you know, I, because that's her name. But yes, and it's funny because... I'm meeting more and more people with that name. And, um, Are you really? Yeah. I've, I've recently, you know, more than I had through my, there was a girl in my high school class who had the same name and she went by Laurie, but she just went L-A-U-R-E or maybe it was I-E. I can't remember. And then I've met a, another friend of mine, Laurie Close, who's, um, an, um, she's, her real name is Laureen and she's, she spells it L-A-U-R-E. So, um, and then there's just so many like Laureen Dempsey and many, many other people who, um, I was never, it's, it's weird when you meet someone who has the same name. So, because it's not, a, never, it's not a common name at all. No, but you never introduce yourself as Laureen. Ever. No, because that I never use it. I never use it because it's just like Laurie, everybody messes it up. Yeah. I mean, they call me Lauren or Lorraine or every other name that it isn't, even though it's got two <laughs> E's. Um, yes. And 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 my family, I grew up being called Laurie because that's what my mom wanted to baptize me, and I couldn't. And then when I went mm. to high school and worked at the Third National, everybody knew me as Laureen. Um, and then when I went to Philly, I figured, oh, good, this is a good time to go back to Laurie and change my, not change my name, but just use what I grew up with. So when I moved yeah. to Philadelphia, I just went by Laurie and then... When I came back, I just stayed with it. It's my legal name, and there are times when I have to say Laureen because people will know it's me. But um, mm -hmm. I don't. I just prefer Laurie's. Just um, you know, just okay. something I'm used to because I grew up with it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Meyer will call me Laureen occasionally, and I, I do hear him say that. Yes. 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 <laughs> For some reason, it's easier for him to say that than it is Laurie because, you know, people and the Laurie thing, which just oh, I yes. just so don't I understand. <laughs> but there are many people who spell their name L-A-U-R-I-E and go and they say their name is Laurie because I think they just don't want to fight it. So I yeah, just, yeah. you know, my mother used to go nuts because she would say to people, that is not her name. Laurie is L-O-R-I and she's Laurie. Like, if you know, read how it spells, say it correctly. So <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's been my whole life of struggling with getting people to say it correctly. But yes, but anyway, enough about me. Those women, uh, thank you for listening. And Laureen is a doll. So I'm very happy because I haven't seen her in a while. So that's a good mm -hmm. thing. She's listening. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good thing that yeah. I haven't seen her. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, we got that. We got yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, that's good. All right. Um, so, so we had a nice birthday weekend. We we it, and Saturday night down at the log, uh, the log cabin with Mike as our uh -huh. uh, the uh, owner of that great little place. We had a nice dinner and a nice little celebration for for Meyer. So. Um, Meyer's brother Joe Moskovitz and Lynn and Pat and yours truly and the birthday boy and we had a nice little evening. We did it. It was the first time we were there, and mm -hmm. um, 
compliments to the chef. The food was really yep. good. It, it really was. Really and a you nice, know, nice time. And you know, Lynn, as I told you, they used to only have picnic tables um, in the back. Yeah. And as he said, with all the changes uh, and him getting busier, he needed to make some changes. He took out a shuffleboard on the, the far other end and put, ta- you know, had other tables and chairs. And so now it's, it's, um, it was busy and good for him. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. And we should probably do a shout out to our friends who we saw there that we haven't seen in such a long time because their restaurant was closed, not because of COVID, but because they decided to retire. And it was um, Pat and Tony Natale. And Mm -hmm. it was just really nice to see them there. They looked wonderful. They looked uh, calm. Happy and rested. rested. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Big difference. And, And... and I said to him, Tony, I could really go for some of your um, meat sauce. And he said, oh, it's funny. I just made a big pot of it the other day. If I ah. knew, I would have given <laughs> Oh, man. Because I had one yes. frozen um, container of his sauce. Yeah, oh, God. And it was, I mean, they're closed for two years. But I remember I took that and it was one. I can't believe it's two years already either. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's two or is it one? No, it's two, isn't uh, it? I think it's more than one for sure, but because yeah, so, last year it was, was in March. Like I know. A, a yeah, so it was two years because um, it yeah. was March and they wouldn't have been open mm-hmm. then. So at the end no. of the month. So, yeah. Yeah, good to see yeah. people. So It was. It was nice anyway, to see was, a lot of people out. Yeah. I know, oh, but gosh. yet everybody, which I, you know, even with Pat said, I didn't want to come over till I had my mask on. And we mm-hmm. said the same thing, like people are very respectful of your, your space. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. that's a nice thing. And he had everybody nicely spaced anyway, but then yep. people just didn't come over. And when they did, they, you know, stayed at a, at a distance. And I think that that's a, that's all good. Cause you just never know how people are going to react. So you have to be, you have to be very aware of that. Yeah. But then I went to um, Sunday, I went up to Beacon, New York with um, mm-hmm. Meyer and I took a ride and we met Sean and we switched cars because he had my sister's car and I had his car at my house. So we had to drive up and drop, just do a little switcheroo on the cars. And so we um, got our uh, cheeseburger and french fries from my uh, Sean's favorite place there and um, mm-hmm. gluten-free and sat down at the river again in the car because it was kind of cold. Uh, we yeah. were going to sit outside this, the restaurant. They're remodeling, I guess, the original place, so they're across the street temporarily. And um, they had some chairs outside, but it was cold. We actually sat there for a little bit, and I thought, you know, guys, it's just a little too cold where you just, you're just focused on being cold and not what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So we got in the car and we went down to the uh, river and we sat there at the Hudson and had our cheeseburger and paradise. And that was it. So we had a good time. That's good. Um, uh, Yeah, it worked out well. Is it, is it the cheeseburger or the fact that it's a gluten-free bun that is what draws you to that place? Well, no. I mean, that's Sean's favorite. He loves it there. The cheeseburgers are absolutely delicious. And okay. and the fact that they have gluten-free fries and they also offer a gluten-free bun and they're very careful about how they do things um, mm-hmm. is, is, is important. And you can go and the buns are really different. I mean, they're not like a, they're a little bit different 
and um, it's just a nice sandwich. It's really a rather large, um, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. so I did eat, I did not, I ate a half and that was it. Sometimes I can do it and sometimes I can't. And <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just one of those times, um, but it was, it's delicious and we had so much fun and we just, just sit there. I mean, I, there's so many adorable stores and um, people were out walking their dogs with their masks and, mm-hmm. you know, some people were outside it, it, they have an ice cream store on the, you know, just all cute little places. We ate at this other restaurant down, uh, down at the end of the main street once before, and they have a lot of gluten-free options. We, I said to Sean, if you want to go there and he said, no, let's just do this. But you know, it seemed like from behind, they did have some outdoor seating there at the restaurant, but um, it was, it's just a beautiful little town right on the Hudson. It takes about an hour and a half to get there from Scranton. 84 right to um, Beacon and it's just a quaint little town and and lovely and it's halfway from Yale and halfway from us and so it's a great place to meet. Sean will be graduating five weeks this past Monday. Oh my god I can't believe that. I know and they will be doing it started. Uh, I know and they will be doing it um, in person, but no one, there are no guests, no parents, nobody is allowed to come. So um, we will be going up and then going out for dinner afterwards, but we cannot be part of the, I think we could probably watch it. It's probably streamed, but um, which mm-hmm. we'll find out more about, but we can't be part of it, which is heartbreaking to me, but you know, you have to do what you have to do. And then we will take yeah. him out to dinner right after. And then he, he's got the um, arduous task of studying for the New York bar. So um, that yeah. will happen immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that's good. It's amazing, and God love him. Yeah, you know, really, it's he's in the family he business. Took, he took everything <laughs> well. Yeah, he took everything yeah. in stride and did a wonderful job of doing what he needed to do. And the and he's very driven. And to you know, complete and be almost finished with your third year of Yale Law School is just an unbelievable. Um, thing so Kudos hats to off to my own child that's correct he's a good boy yeah yep yeah. so that was our weekend it was chuck full of lots of stuff <laughs> yeah it was that's good and though. it started earlier didn't it i mean you started doing a, a yes a we went out to thing. Thir- yep we, we went with night. um six people on thursday night randy williams deb dudley mary jean and steve dixon and meyer and i and then um mm-hmm. That was on Thursday and Friday night, Randy and Doug Smith and Meyer and I had a little pizza party at my house. And then Saturday we went to lunch at Mansour's on Meyer's birthday and Doug Smith and Aaron Malloy, they were They had those porch bands around uh, the hill section and they were um, on Aaron's balcony and they sang happy birthday to Meyer, which was kind of cute because it happened to be that day. They sang it twice actually. And, um, and then that night we were with you. So yeah, it was a busy, busy time, but you know what? I I, like everyone else celebrate, um, celebrate many days of birthdays. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's a good, I like that. I like it. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Thank you. Speaking of going, all right, we got to take a quick break. You're listening to the Laura Lynn Show, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. 
And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over Northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the Managing Director and Financial Planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm that is devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and several others. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. So you were um, saying some stuff about last last sex uh, segment about um, people say things. I always try to pay attention to when you ask somebody how they are. And if they mm-hmm. say, eh, I always say, why? Are you okay? Because most people don't delve into that. They'll, they'll say, oh, I'm no. good, I'm good, like you said. But you ha- but some people just, you, you got to pick up on that or pay attention or don't bother asking how someone is if you're not going to listen. But well, um, yeah. what, what, is that, what are exactly they saying? Exactly right. Well, I think it's the, the, just that, um, that people normally say, uh, I'm fine, but... You know, you don't, there, there wasn't a word for how you feel because this, this phenomenon psychologically of um, the, the whole scene of COVID and the, um, 
the lack of social interaction and the hoping and waiting for the shot and then how you feel afterwards, all of that never happened before that anybody could quantify. And so this guy, I came across this article and I just said, wow, he nailed it. And it was an article that was in the New York Times and um, I think maybe later on I'll, I'll find uh, the, the guy's name who wrote this, but this is a story. I'm just going to read some parts of the article because I think it will really explain what I was saying before. He says, he writes, I should say, at first I didn't recognize the symptoms that we all had in common. Friends mentioned that they were having trouble concentrating. Colleagues reported that even with vaccines on the horizon, they weren't excited about 2021. A family member was staying up late to watch National Treasure again, even though she knows the movie by heart. And instead of bouncing out of bed at 6 a.m., I was lying there till 7, playing Words with Friends, which for some people they may not know. It's an app that you have on phone. It's a game. It wasn't burnout. We still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. It turns out there's a name for that. Languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. And it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. As scientists and physicians work to treat and cure the physical symptoms of long haul COVID, many people are struggling with the emotional long haul of the pandemic. It hit some of us unprepared as the intense fear and grief of last year faded. In the early uncertain days of the pandemic, it's like the likely that your brain's threat detection system called the amygdala was on high alert for fight or flight. As you learned that masks help protect us, but package scrubbing didn't. Did you do that when you went to the store? No. Scrub the packages? I did. No. I did that one of the first times I did. I, and I thought to myself, this is crazy. And so I did not. No, I never did it again. And so you probably developed routines that eased your sense of dread. But the pandemic has dragged on, and the acute state of anguish has given way to a chronic condition of languish. In psychology, we think about mental health on a spectrum from depression to flourishing. Flourishing is the peak of well-being. You have a strong sense of meaning, mastery, and mattering to others. Depression is the valley of ill-being. You feel despondent, drained, and worthless. Languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health. <laughs> it's the void between depression and flourishing. It's the absence of well-being. You don't have symptoms of mental illness, but you're not the picture of mental health either. You're not functioning at full capacity. Languishing dulls your motivation disrupts your ability to focus, and triples the odds that you'll cut back on work. It appears to be more common than major depression, and in some ways, it may be a bigger risk factor for mental illness. 
Wow. Um, part of the danger is that when you're languishing, you might not notice the dulling of delight or the dwindling of drive. You don't catch yourself slipping slowly into solitude. You're indifferent to your indifference. When you can't see your own suffering, you don't seek help and even do much to help yourself. Even if you're not languishing, you probably know people who are. Understanding it better can help you help them. And it goes on about what that is. But then it says the antidote to languishing. So what can we do about it? A concept called flow may be an antidote to languishing. Flow is that elusive state of absorption in a meaningful challenge or a momentary bond where your sense of time, place, and self melts away. During the early days of the pandemic, the best predictor of well-being wasn't optimism or mindfulness. It was flow. People who became more immersed in their projects managed to avoid languishing and maintained their pre-pandemic happiness. Um, that's basically, here's some of the things they say. An early morning word game catapults him, the, the author, into flow. A late night Netflix binge sometimes does the trick too. It transports you into a story where you feel attached to the characters and concerned for their welfare. Uh -huh. While finding new challenges, <laughs> enjoyable experiences, and meaningful work are all possible remedies to languishing. It's hard to find flow when you can't focus. This was a problem long before the pandemic, when people were habitually checking email 74 times a day and switching tasks every 10 minutes. In the past year, many of us also have been struggling with interruptions from kids around the house, colleagues around the world, and bosses around the clock. Fragmented attention is an enemy of engagement and, ex and excellence. In a group of 100 people, only two or three will even be capable of driving and memorizing information at the same time without their performance suffering on one or both tasks. Computers may be made for parallel processing, but humans are better off serial processing. Another thing, give yourself some uninterrupted time. That means we need to set boundaries. Years ago, a Fortune 500 software company in India tested a simple policy. No interruptions Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday before noon. When engineers manage the boundary themselves, 47% had above average productivity. But when the company set quiet time as official policy, 65% achieved above average productivity. Getting more done wasn't just good for performance at work. We now know that the most important factor in daily joy in motivation is a sense of progress. I don't think there's anything magical about Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday before noon. The lesson of this simple idea is to treat uninterrupted blocks of time as treasures to guard. It clears out constant distractions and gives us the freedom to focus. We can find solace in experiences that capture our full attention. And I just want to say for the record, I blocked out Wednesdays from noon to five o'clock as my time. Now, let me, let me tell you how many times that's worked. 
<laughs> about 20 percent uh-huh. because there's, no, you know, there's always that well i could just take one phone call or well i can just do this uh-huh. and, and i really can't I'm not i can't do it i, I just can't yeah. find myself doing it but well maybe because you're giving yourself important Lynn, maybe you shouldn't give yourself that big of a block because I found through this pandemic, as you know, in June, I started my morning ritual of riding my bike. And so when I'm on that bike for my, for that full hour, I'm on 50 minutes, but for the, I give myself that time. I will not bring my phone. I will not answer the phone and I will not deviate from when I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. Other than of course, yeah. if I have a meeting and I have to adjust the time and on Saturdays, I usually give my t- myself some flexibility so that I'm not so rigid like I am the other six days. So yeah. um, I do flex a little flexible, but I will not bring my phone on the bike with me. And if it rings, it rings and I will get to it when I'm finished. So that's, that's good. And that's, those are been, and that to me is just an hour a day that I do that. And now it's early in the morning, earlier. So most of the time people aren't calling, but, or bothering, or I'm not checking anything, but I'm, but still like today, my friend Randy called me. It was, I was on the bike. And when I called him back, he goes, he goes, after I called, I thought, oh, she's probably on the bike. I said, that's right. And I'm not taking the phone. (laughs) So, you know, if you stick to those things, I think where the phone is away from me. And I, even if it rings, I just, I don't know who it is. I don't look, I don't pay any attention and I just do what I have to do. So, that is something that I really did start to do last year. And, you know, it's a little over 10 months now and going strong. So I think that that is what you have to do. Even if you block out something, even if it's shorter periods, yeah. you could probably do it. Yes. Little, so anyway, little snippets of time. So I will There try. you go. All right, well, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with the lovely Mary McNichols from Fidelity Bank, who is back, and we're so happy to have her back with us. So um, we'll be right back. So please stay tuned. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. 
the well-established and highly respected Northeastern Pennsylvania certified public accounting firm, Michael A. Barbetti, LLC, is making changes after almost 40 years in business. The firm name has changed and is now Barbetti McHale, LLC, CPA, reflecting the addition of Michael F. McHale as partner in the longstanding firm. Although the name and partnership are a significant change, the staff won't change. Their Dunmore location won't change. The way they serve clients won't change. Their work ethic won't change. And Michael Barbetti's involvement won't change. The Barbetti-McHale partnership adds Mike McHale's three decades of experience in corporate and not-for-profit accounting for the clients of the regional firm. Barbetti-McHale LLC Certified Public Accountants provides professional accounting and tax services to all types of clients, ranging from individuals and family-owned businesses to governmental agencies and nonprofit organizations. Call Barbetti-McHale CPAs at their Dunmore office, and you too can make a change for the better. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day, and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity. My checking account, uh, my payroll taxes, they take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show, and I'm Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans, and I am the Managing Director and Financial Planner with Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, and that's available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others. And our guest expert today is Mary McNichols from Fidelity Bank, who is the senior, a senior vice president and director of human resources. Welcome, Mary. We haven't had you on in a long time. No, I'm so glad to be here with the two of you today. Yay. And I said when I saw her name, I was so happy. Yes, <laughs> yes. It? We haven't we haven't had a chance to chat for quite some time. So, no. um, what are we going to talk about today? In human resources. Well, today we want to them. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's find some human resources. Uh, I know it's tough hiring issue. these days. <laughs> um, well, we wanted to take some time today to talk about COVID nineteen and the effects on the workplace and. Okay. Specifically, talk a little bit about what happened here at Fidelity Bank for um, our bankers that I know a lot of the businesses have experienced a lot of the same. Yeah. So, tell us what you did. Well, you know, the world seemed to stop on March 17th last year. Um, yeah. St. Patrick's Day. And, yeah. Um, that was the day that things really shut down and um, 
things really changed in our world. And at that time, we knew that we had to make some changes because we had everyone in-house and uh, um, the virus, virus was raging. So we immediately started uh, putting people to remote work and sending them home and, um, you know, for our IT department, it was a challenge, you know, to make sure that mm-hmm. everybody had computers and uh, were able to access bank systems. And um, for all the bankers, it was an adjustment too because now they were setting up workplaces in their homes and working around uh, school children that were home and spouses that might be working from home. So it was a big difference that everyone had to go through to do that. But, um, you know, being a bank, kind of like a grocery store, you're an essential business. And we had to keep our doors open because people still needed to do their banking. So we had groups of people that we couldn't send home, our branch bankers, and they needed to spend time in the office. And we needed to make sure that they were all protected you know, because they were seeing the public and they were with each other. And we put a lot of safety uh, procedures in place that they needed. But Mary, wasn't there a time when uh, the lobbies were closed and recently reopened? When when did that happen and, and why was that happening? Was that something that the state mandated? They did not mandate it. There were a lot of things out there about, you know, trying to make sure that people were staying socially distant. And um, uh, there was even something with the state that uh, they wanted everybody to be remote where they could. But we did leave the lobbies open um, for a while. And then we did end up closing them as things continued to get worse. And we closed them, but we closed them and made them appointment only. So we weren't totally closed where no one could come in, um, but it was appointment only and our drive throughs were open. And, you know, we, we had our customer care center, that's our call center, um, fully staffed so that they could take the calls for the clients and they could do their banking over the phone. And we pushed things to digital, you know, and really promoted our digital yeah. services so that people could use that. Um, But we did have people come in for appointments when they needed to for, you know, say a loan closing or, you know, because those things didn't stop and we still had to serve the customer. Did you you have have any way of measuring the, the difference in call volume to your customer center once everything closed down in March? And did you have to hire more staff? We did. We did because yeah. we can monitor the number of calls that come in. And we also know oh. the, the counts of the, the people that are coming into the branches. And it was a huge rise in the number of calls. And so I figured. Um, yep. <laughs> so we really even yeah. had people out in the branches helping in the, the customer care center so that they could take the calls too when they didn't mm-hmm. have the traffic coming into the branch. Um, but it was... It was uh, 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 great that we had, you know, all of the qualified bankers that could, and they could really do pretty much anything other than, you know, cash a check or take a deposit. Um, and we had yeah. other means for them to do that, but they could take the loan applications and, um, you know, help them through digital banking. And I'll bet a lot of people learned really quickly how to, uh, using the app, how to make a deposit <laughs> with, the, with their cell phone. <laughs> Right. You know? <laughs> yes. yes. 
And yeah. so all that expanded as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's funny. It's um, it's just interesting to go back and look at at the changes that had to happen, and and then of course there's the question of how much of that will remain the way it was. How many more people will continue to do mobile banking, which I I think is really ideally what you want, but uh, but how how will people make that adjustment? There are a lot of people that for for them going to the bank and having a cup of coffee and sitting around and, and, and a cookie, talking and a cookie. With, well I was gonna say that too and a cookie <laughs> <laughs> I miss my cookies. <laughs> yes. I know. But for them when they can't couldn't do that or if you decide not to do that anymore um, that's going to be a, a social impact as well. That, that, that it's almost immeasurable. But have you noticed anybody complaining about that, other than me and the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've heard. And I know that was really a hard thing when we knew that we had to shut down the coffee and the cookies because we're known for that, and yeah. uh, our, our clients just love it. You know that, and we don't have them out yet but the safety of the clients was you know first and foremost and it was just one of those things that we couldn't we couldn't find a way that made that the right thing to do to leave them out yeah with with the pandemic broiling so hopefully so how one much day more we can time? bring it back yeah how much more time do we have to do you have to wait until you have the ability to do some of the things you did before in the branches i mean i understand restaurants as a percentage of 75 percent and this that and the other thing but how do you measure uh your interaction with the public when you're in the banking world well you know our lobbies are all open now so we open yeah, back up um, right after President's Day. Welcomed everyone back in. And it's a different look because everyone wears their masks. We now mm-hmm. have plexiglass barriers. I don't know if you remember um, banking prior to with the old teller cages. You know, we got yep, yes, all yep. of that. <laughs> we had very, right, that's all gone now. But we had the very open architecture. And now we're back to having the, the plexiglass uh, barriers and that's uh-huh. a safety issue for the bankers and for the clients you know yeah and we still have the social distancing markers on the floor um, mm-hmm. and we follow the CDC guidelines and the guidelines from the Pennsylvania Department of Health and you know masking and social distancing are still um, still items that are out there and so until those things start to go away We'll still follow that practice. And, you know, we're very encouraged with um, the amount of vaccine that's now available. And people are going out and getting vaccinated because um, that, too, is going to start to open things back up again, I think, as as we get more people vaccinated and, um, you know, some safety because of that. Mary, have you seen an uptick in FMLA uh, situations because of all of this due to, or maybe you can't say that, but um, due to, you know, mothers who whose children are working remotely or uh, whatever, whichever spouse, it's the father, who's ever helping. I mean, I, I would imagine that that kind of situation has not, not necessarily just with you, but with so many organizations had to had to increase as well. It absolutely has. 
And um, yeah. back in April, the uh, Families First Coronavirus Response Act came into being, and that was to give paid leave entitlements for certain reasons related to COVID. And it wasn't yeah. just for COVID illnesses or quarantines or isolations, but it was also for those people that needed to care for their children because uh -huh. school was closed or daycares were closed or that they needed to care for somebody that had COVID symptoms or COVID. And that was all under an expanded FMLA. So we have mothers and fathers here who, you know, their children were not able to go to school and daycares were not open and schools were uh -huh. virtual. So we have had people that have uh, taken time under the expanded FMLA um, and all of that is available to them under this FFCRA um, as part of, you know, dealing with COVID. And so... Um, you know, we're grateful that we're able to provide that because yeah. when we think of the working parents and what do they do when their children can't go to work and or they can't go to school and you have a first grader and, or a kindergartner, they can't stay home by themselves. So right. we did see an uptick in that. Yeah, and it, what it's amazing um, the the from a government from a government standpoint how it's 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 been able to help people in those regards like the new act and several things, but but adjusting internally is is very um, much a uh, chess match as well, Mary, because you're you're making all these adjustments and changes to uh, uh, policy that has been there for so long, and now you guys have to adjust to all this. So, you know, from your standpoint, anyone who is an HR professional, there's a lot that there's a lot to unpack there with all of this changing world and 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 no end in sight, really. For and I think a lot of these changes will stay in place for a while. It seems to be, um, but um, I'm sure the um, pros at Fidelity have just adjusted quite nicely to make sure this this all worked out for for them, and it was an easier transition for your team. Right. Yeah, we did a lot of things because it's not just, you know, it's just not policy and procedure and clients being able to come in and things like that. You know, in my world, my concern, of course, is for the clients, but it's the concern for all of the bankers. And they're right. all experiencing a lot of emotions, whether they have mm -hmm. people home that might be sick or concerns about their school children and um, concerns about the workload. And so their well-being is really an important thing to me. And we did some things, like we tried to do some fun things, like um, for a while there, you know, every Friday we'd, we'd buy lunch, you know, so that everybody get lunch on the bank. And we put together yeah. walking programs so that, you know, everybody could log their hours walking and get up off of your chair and take your <laughs> lunch hour and go out for a walk. And we called That's it great. the Rocket Log It program. And, you know, everybody could see, and every day was a, a new thing, whether it was a song you could listen to while you were out walking or, you know, tips on exercise and, and things like that. And we tracked everybody's walking and counted the steps everybody did, you know, just to try to keep everybody motivated. And, oh, and then we did a campaign that was kind of fun. It was called the, the uh, Quarantine Pet Picks. And everybody sent in pictures of their pets and we posted them for everybody to see. And so that That's was fun cute. to see the inside 
you know, the, uh, the people that were working home that had their, their dogs at their feet, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So trying to That's keep, cute. because you needed to keep the, the remote workers still integrated with the people that, are, that were at the branch that, you yeah. know, didn't have that socialization. So how do we make that happen? Sure, a lot of juggling, but you guys have done a great job. So, Mary, if, if anyone wants to reach anyone at Fidelity Bank, how can they do that? Well, our um, website is www.bankatfidelity.com. It has all of our information there uh, on products and services um, and our phone number to our call center. It also has a place there if people are looking to come to work for Fidelity that they can look at our openings and apply for positions there. But the website is chock full of information about Fidelity Bank. Great. Well, Mary, thank you for joining us. It was wonderful to have you back with us. You're always one of our favorites at Fidelity, so thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend, and, and everybody else out there, have a great weekend. We thank you always for listening. We'll see you next week. Be safe, and please be nice. Bye. Bye. Bye.